Well, I can't wait to meet our host. I hear this is only one of his beat parties. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Hello, people. Welcome back to Too True to Lie with Harry Day. This is part two of my little family trip to Wyoming and Idaho via Salt Lake City. I believe the last episode took us from Salt Lake City into Wyoming and Jackson Hole area. I even think I got as far as taking the little winding road that followed the Snake River up to Rexburg. No, that's not what happened. We cut over to Victor, up to Driggs, and then across to Rexburg, where there was a uh, myriad of rivulets that turn into the Snake River and then flow southwest. Rexburg was the town we decided, F it, let's get a hotel room. <laughs> we'd, we'd woke up freezing a few mornings in a row. As all, it was awesome. I mean, the second morning when we were up on the high plain above Jackson Hole, you know, below the... Tetons. Ethan was up top bunk, and Summer and I were on the bottom bunk. They would they would switch each night, up and down bunk. And Ethan, like first light, jumped down, and his his teeth were chattering. He's like, "I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm freezing, Dad." And I said, "Well, just squeeze in between me and Summer, with your blanket." And you will warm up. Just sandwich in. He was like, I can't do that. And Ethan, the thing about Ethan is, if he's not fully awake, he may as well just be sleepwalking. So I convinced him to wedge in, and he quit shivering and immediately fell asleep and warmed my back and probably Summer's back too. So we decided, let's go eat a really awesome meal. And we tried to go to this... Uh, steakhouse and it was closed that happened a lot it seemed like in towns we'd look for a certain restaurant we liked and it was closed so we'd find the next best in our minds um Rexburg had the it was such a clean just docile town it wasn't tiny it had some size it had a, at least one college in it I don't know what it was it was the first city in Idaho where we saw on the highest point of the town within the city limits had been built a Mormon tabernacle. That was a theory, a theory, Jesus. That was a theme that we would revisit all the way across southern Idaho. I had no idea the Mormons were all over Idaho. But they are in the southern plain, the the growing area and the lava rock area, which are both massive in size across southern Idaho. Gosh, I cannot think where we ate. I have no idea where we ate in Rexburg. Um... The first restaurant wasn't even there. The second restaurant was closed. We ate somewhere, and then we went to this park. And it was a huge green space right in the middle of town. Large, old, uh, evergreen trees, fir trees. Uh, the grass was... I guess it was bluegrass. It was it was cool weather grass. I, they had to water it though, or it would dry out because it's arid in southern Idaho. 
Um, there were people playing pickleball, frisbee. There were swings that summer would go nearly parallel to the bar that the swings hung on. And I went and swung, but I was uncomfortable trying to swing that high. And there had been a time in the past when Ethan was young where he was on the neighbor's swing and he went really high and jumped off and, and landed on his shoulder and cracked his collarbone. So when he, when he was swinging high and said, I'm going to jump, I said, no, you're not. <laughs> and he didn't jump. He was kidding. And they had a, uh, they have a volleyball. They had something that was similar to a volleyball like a kickball that looked like a volleyball. And they had their game. They'd, they'd get next to two trees that would have been posts for a net to go across and get on either side of that line, except there's no net. And they had played their game, and uh, I would just watch, walked around and check the place out. And we must have been there an hour. It was really, that town was just so chill so clean. We saw no vagrants. And I'm not trying to be anti-vagrant. But Jackson Hole had none. And Rexburg, Idaho had none. And their towns were very clean. And you know, Salt Lake City was kind of clean downtown. It was so hot, though, you just didn't pay attention. We had awesome sushi there. Um, so we go to bed in our little room. We got a hotel room over by the interstate, Highway, uh, it was before you get to Highway 15, Interstate 15, I think it was, I can't read the number, 28, State Highway 28 or something, not that it matters, and I got my phone out, and I looked up things to do in the area, and we found a, it was called Yellowstone, let me look it up here, I doubt it's on here. I'm pretty sure it was called Yellowstone Bear Park. And it was, it was before you got to Idaho Falls. It wasn't that far outside of Rexburg. The Yellowstone Bear World off of whatever river this is, doesn't say. I'm looking at a map, by the way. So you go to Bear World and they ask how many people are in your vehicle. And you say three, and they say, okay, there's this much, and you pay them. And then they put a, a a piece of paper or a sticker or whatever on the front of your vehicle, on the window. So when once you're in, they know you paid. And once you go through it and come out, you can go back through again for free if you want. And we did. But we paid and we went in. And the first thing we saw were some bighorn sheep. They didn't have many. <clears throat> then we saw a an albino elk, which was huge with horns, a, full, a mature male. Albino, though. Wild. And then we saw a, a regular brown male elk sitting down under a tree because it was, you know, it was late morning. It was hot. We're in our vehicle, we had the air on. You're supposed to leave your windows up. You're supposed to go three to five miles an hour throughout the park. And so I was doing that. And anytime we saw animals and I stayed three to five miles an hour, well, I wanted to see them, so I went three miles an hour. And I'd look in the mirror and I'd have two to four cars behind me waiting on me. So I'd pull over and let them pass because I'm not going to sit here and feel pressured looking at all these cool animals by all these people that just want to pay, you know, 25 bucks a head and fly through this park and leave. We wanted to see animals. And so we were looking at the elk. We let some people buy. We found some more elk. We let some people buy. We had a female elk walk up to my window. So I rolled my window down like you're not supposed to do. And it nudged my hand. I had my arm on the window and this little little damp, huge, bulbous, nostrily nose bump against my hand and look at me and it was really cool. And uh, I realized I, I stopped, I need to go. So I rolled my window up, we go. 
We saw two bison, which were enormous. We did not try to get out a la California tourist style and walk up to them and get a picture and get stomped into the ground or gored through with a horn. We just looked at them. We enjoyed them. We moved on three to five miles per hour. Gosh, there was, okay, we saw probably two mule deer with with big horns like a white white tail, but they were in velvet, really neat. Um, we saw some, maybe we saw some white tail deer. I believe they had white tail deer there. I don't know if we saw black tail. I don't think, if we saw a moose, it was at the very end. We saw two no horns laying under some trees. But we come to a gate and we're on the back side of the property and we come to this gate and the girl says, yeah, we've got, <laughs> we've had a report that you've stopped a few times and you need to go three to five miles an hour and just ease through the park, please. I'm like, well, I did and I will. I was honest. That's the best way, right? Honesty. So we go through the gate. She closes it back. And here's what's strange. I'm wondering if some perverted old man runs the park. Because the girls at the ticket booth, the girls at the gates, were all young, tan, blonde-headed women. All cute. So I, I don't know if there's some kind of hiring practice where they... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, they choose this over that. I can't think of it right now. Um, but that was that was who ran all the gates and the and the ticket offices and stuff. It was just kind of obvious, really. But in their little tan uniforms, like their safari guides. But the place was really cool. So we go through the gate and she closes it back because now we're in the bear section, and we look around and there are bears everywhere. Most of them are black bears. Some are a little brown. We did see one, I can think of two grizzly bears offhand. We were later told that there were 72 bears in this part of the park. Four of them were grizzly, the rest were black bears. And they were literally everywhere, walking in the road, sleeping in these, they, they took these barrels. They were bigger than your oil drum size barrel. It seemed like they were bigger than the oil drum barrel. And they had them cut in half and sitting on the ground, dirt thrown over the top of them. And they were just little nap, nap holes. And some of them had bears in them sleeping, chilling. Other shady areas and grass and trees had bears chilling. Over here by the water, uh, playing in the open in the short grass was two bears humping, which I got a Excellent photo of. We went over another water, little bridge with like a, a simulated river with uh, two bears swimming in it. One, you could just see its head. It was That's where I would have been if I was a bear in the heat like it was that day. I'd be up to my nostrils in cooler water. A bear walked up and started pulling on Summer's door handle. And she didn't straight up flip out. She just said, go, 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 go. It's pulling on my handle. And you could hear the handle go clunk, clunk. It was moving it. She's like, go, 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 go. It's on my handle. Go, go. And like, there's a bear walking in front of the vehicle, a big black bear. I'm like, well, I really can't go because there's a black bear in front of me. So I've stopped again. I'm breaking the rules. But it eases around the side, goes right alongside my door, sliding against the van huge black bear and then just walks off the weird thing about these the 72 black bears we saw if they weren't asleep they were all smiling i don't know why they were all smiling maybe they all had a little bit of uh something something put in their meat that they you know whatever they're fed to keep them relaxed but they all had like or maybe it was just heat withdrawal uh, utopia smile or some crazy thing. 
They were just smiling and wandering around. I mean, there were bears everywhere. It was really cool. And so we, I don't think I stopped again. There was no cars behind me, finally. And so I just, three mile per hour, eased down the little one laner on, on the concrete one lane through the bear country, got to the gate. Miss Blonde Girl lets us through, and, and I roll my window down. I'm like, hey, I have to ask you a question. How many bears are in there? Because I'd... Hold on, I got to sneeze. I'm allergic to bear talk. Because I had said... Oops. Okay, I might as well drink some tea. Hold on. Because I had said... There's probably 50 bears in here. Summer said, oh, there's 100 bears in here. Well, there's 72. That's what the girl told us. We were like, God, that's a lot of bears. Where do they come from? And she, she didn't really have a good answer for us. She said all over. Our theory was there were bears that became nuisance bears to the public and were captured and relocated to the park. Or there were sick bears that were captured and relocated and sent to the park. And so somehow they had 72 bears, which is awesome. How many... How often are you going to get a chance to see 72 bears in your life unless you're some kind of bear wildlife guru or something? So we really, really, really enjoyed that. Got in the van, middle of the day. We had a long drive ahead of us, so we just took off. Uh, southwest, through potato country, uh, there were fields everywhere. They're all being irrigated because it's such arid, dry weather. Um, potato fields. And then there were all these, I don't know if I've explained this. <clears throat> you know, with the old school uh, uh, Air Force airplane hangars look like, they're like half of a circle, like a culvert looking shape, half of a culvert, you know, semicircle, an arc from ground to ground. Well, they... They're everywhere on all these potato farms. Some are sunk into the ground or backfilled along the sides. It keeps them cooler in there. What they do is when they harvest these billions of potatoes, they store them in these uh, horizontal silos in the ground. Who in the world is talking? Is that you, Sar? Why ain't you sleeping? I'm trying to do a podcast. So, those were everywhere. It was really interesting. There were We did see fields of corn here and there. I was surprised. There was a lot of wheat. It was green because it had been watered. Usually they let it brown out when the seed heads top and they harvest that. So now we're headed southwest. And we're close the door. Summer's making cereal along the Snake River, through Idaho Falls, through Shelley and Basalt. We are on Interstate 15, which goes south, I think, all the way to Las Vegas, and then San Diego. <clears throat> we hit Blackfoot which was a uh, an area where you could take a highway towards uh, the state capitol, but we didn't go that way. Okay, I need to back off here. Yeah, okay. Uh, where's Twin Falls? South. Past a huge reservoir, American Falls Reservoir, where at the base of these falls is American Falls, but we're on a mission to get to Twin Falls, so we did not stop and look at American Falls. Now, along this way, we started following the Oregon Trail. And I just read up on the Oregon Trail today. Uh, throughout the, gosh, 50 years maybe less, 
that immigrants or migrants or travelers that weren't Native American took the Oregon Trail. About 65,000 people died following the Oregon Trail. And a lot of people are misinformed about history to think that the Indians killed so many people. It's not true. Before the Civil War, the Indians mostly traded with these travelers, sometimes helping them, often avoiding them. But they knew there was only so many wagon loads of people and they were headed through to somewhere else to just let them go. And that's what they did. They didn't want to bring trouble upon themselves and their tribes. Pretty smart, actually. They wouldn't, wouldn't catch cholera because that made its way across the country in a bad way. I want to say in the late... If it wasn't the late 1830s, it was the early 1850s. <clears throat> Came to this place called Massacre Rocks. And I read up on it, but we didn't go stop at it. It's a tight gap between high ridges or high mountain-like formations on either side of the Snake River with a tight gap that wagon trains could go through. And they called it Massacre Rocks because they always feared it was the perfect place for an ambush. But history states that Rarely was there, if there ever was, an ambush at that gap. But 20, 30 miles before it and 20, 30 miles, 50 miles after it, there were two massacres. One was a, a big one by the Shoshones where they killed 19 members of a wagon train. Uh, men, women, children. And I think they lost a lot of people, too, in the fight. But, it, you know, history is so interesting. If it's just told properly, that's the problem. People don't often know the actual accurate historical facts. But, you know, you can seek it out. You can try to get it. So the reason I was taking us to Twin Falls, which we ultimately got to that day, that afternoon, was the gorge for the Green River became deep. Did I say the Green River? It's the Snake River. It just, it looks green. It is as, as green as Kelly Green on a shirt is. It, the river is green. And at Twin Falls, the the first thing we want to do is find a campsite to park, uh, find a laundry, I think, because we hadn't washed anything up yet. Mostly summer. Ethan and I didn't care. Um, so we drove around. We went to this place that where you drove down to Twin Falls, and they didn't have a campground. So we left out of there. We passed one that was just over by the by a state highway that looked kind of dull and just wasn't appealing. And so we kept driving around and we found a KOA. We pulled in and happened to get a spot. It was a nice spot in the shade. It wasn't too far over to the bathhouse. Um, it had a washateria. It had toilet and showers. And so we get our spot, find out where we are and that we like it. And then we, I guess we drove out and went and found dinner somewhere. And again, I cannot think where we went and ate and what we had because it's been nine, 10, 11, 12 days almost now. I knew I should have done this earlier. Summer might know. I should probably, I've wanted to have summer in on one of my, uh, podcast episodes and she said she'd do it but she'd probably just insult me not meaning it but just because that's her sense of humor where the hell did we eat where did we eat that had 
the buffalo steaks. That was down in Ogden. That was the day before we flew out. Oh, I have no idea what we ate in Twin Falls. I know we ate breakfast the next morning at this place. That was awesome. But the night before, let's roll it back. Summer, we'd bought all the stuff to make s'mores. And so we get to our campsite and it has a little fire pit. And we had one of those Duraflame logs to start it. Because when you go to campgrounds this far into summer, you're not going to find dry limbs and debris and things that you can kindle a fire because everyone's already used it up. In fact, many of the trees had limbs snapped off as high as you could reach. <laughs> so we got a, a flame log. I wish we hadn't. It didn't smell good. I didn't feel good about melting my marshmallow over it. So you'd, you'd let the wood that we bought for way too much, $7 for four sticks of wood, small sticks of wood. And I think that's obscene because I live in the country and I have, I still have chunks of white oak out here where I split my own firewood. And I think there's even a oak log that Greg brought up that's now gotten a little dry and he can't use it. So we'll cut that to firewood too. So we cut our own firewood here and we just burn all the wood we want. Well, for seven dollars we got four little sticks started a little fire ethan did not want a s'more no maybe he had one doesn't seem like he did though um summer made her s'more and ate it i made a s'more took two bites and realized i really don't like marshmallows i mean as a kid i used to and i've eaten s'mores before they were good but this was just maybe the marshmallow brand was was crappy but I, I didn't even finish my, mar my s'more. I put it in the trash bag. And Summer didn't want another one, so we have this fire going. And it's like time to, you know, it's still we're still waiting for it to cool off, even though it's dark. And so I opened doors in the, uh, we never had a bug issue. I opened doors and windows in the van and I pull all the logs off the fire log, and it's just kind of a collapsed uh, Duraflame log of uh, chemical smoke, is <laughs> what it seemed like. It wasn't very appealing. It wasn't like hickory or uh, another or cedar, something fragrant. It was foul. And so I tried to put it all out. I found two half-drunk water bottles, poured it on there. And so now we had a smoldering Duraflame log that was blowing smoke down the side of the van and away from us, which was fine. It was starting to, the air was starting to get cool as long as that little breeze would blow. through. The, and I had the back doors of the van open. You're laying on the beds, and you can just feel it right on your face. It's nice. But you still can smell that frickin' Duraflame log. And couldn't go to sleep, just too warm. Not bad, though. But over the next hour, it cooled off and got really nice. And the smoke died down. And I guess I had to close the back door in case I fell asleep. And the van just started filtering through, you know, if the wind changes, that whole smoldering chemical smell would just fill the van, then everything would smell like shit. Which might have been in the Duraflame log, for all I know. Who knows what's in those things? Um, I think paraffin, candle wax, something that keeps it burning, along with cardboard and, and wood fiber and sawdust, just byproducts so uh i don't know if anything funny happened i think we all just slept good and we woke up and we hadn't i guess we didn't eat that much the night before we might have just eaten in the van we had food in the little uh van powered battery powered uh cooler which worked really well kept all our drinks and waters cold so 
We wake up, and I'm like, who wants to eat breakfast? Because I had found a place that had everything, and they served it all day long. Some local, non-chain restaurant that, that served uh, all-day breakfast and maybe, like, diner food. So Ethan's not quite awake. We drive. It's not too far to it. And when I'm, I, I overshoot the turnoff to it, and I see the bridge, and that's when I realized, oh, I forgot to say why we were going to Twin Falls in the first place. I didn't know how they did it, but I know that they, that Twin Falls, Idaho is a base jump stop off in traveling around the United States to jump off of a building or a cliff or a tower or what have you and throw your chute and then sometime on your way down, throw your chute, poof, guide it down to a place that's not in the water <laughs> or in the trees and then you roll it all up and you hike back up. Well, I drove right to the bridge and I saw people in the parking lot next to the it was a visitor center right before you go across the bridge north to the other side of the uh, Snake River. And I saw cars, there's stickers everywhere. And I was like, that's the sign of skateboarders or surfers, but there's neither one here. It's got to be base jumpers. The bridge is where they jump. But behind me, not even a block away, is the breakfast place. So we went there, pounded a big breakfast, and then I went straight to the visitor center parking lot and parked, didn't have to pay. And I asked the kids if they wanted to walk over and watch, see if they could see some base jumpers jump. I'd walked over and asked somebody at the rim along this uh, fence. And he said, yeah, one person has jumped. There's more. I, went back, I ran back and said, kids, kids, they're fixing to jump. People are going to jump off this bridge. It's, I don't even know how far down it is. I shot video of maybe three or four jumps. And one of the guys did a double front roll and then threw his chute. And it filled and he was probably 150 max feet from the water filled a chute and then he all he had time to do was curve back around over land and land on that little strip that's next to the river that not many people use except he kind of went into the trees so when i got home i uploaded that no, i didn't even do it at home i uploaded that that day on real on facebook and can you believe in less than two weeks it's had a quarter million views of this guy doing a double front roll shoot, uh, what do you call it? Shoot fluff <laughs> and then round and down. And then there's another one that, only, that did like a belly flop dive, like he was skydiving. And he only went halfway down and he let go of his shoot and he went down river or up river pretty far and then curled back down and almost landed on the upper landing zone uh, that had a bullseye target and some cleared area. Almost landed right on it. And then other people jumped through their chute immediately and just kind of weaved around, enjoyed the parachute ride, and then came down by that upper, uh, meaning like 50 feet in elevation, higher than the one beside the river, the landing, the next landing zone where most people landed. And then what they do is they roll it up pack it and hike it up. Apparently people do that every day there. And I just, I knew they did it there somewhere because I'd heard about it. I think I'd read it online, prepping for the trip. And I just so happened to pull up and park after eating breakfast to six jumpers. And there were more to come, but it, you know, we had to go. That was uh, the end of the trip just about that day. So Twin Falls, having had the entertainment, we headed back east, not quite to American Falls, to where we cut down and started getting warmer and warmer as the elevation dropped. There were mountains around us. It was beautiful. Everything was yellow. The thing about... There was an ancient volcano maybe 80,000 years ago that went off and filled 
half this valley with lava. And as it cooled, it just made that igneous rock. And the igneous rock had all this yellow grass growing on it, so they couldn't grow crops like they could further east. And it was everywhere for miles and miles. It was really cool. The only other place I'd seen something like that is in Oregon. They had the same thing, but it was a different volcano. Way back, who knows how long ago. So now we're headed east, and then we head southeast. It takes a while. Go through a peak. Go by a Black Pine Peak. Going down 84, maybe, Interstate 84. And uh, we cross the Utah border. We're due north of the Great Salt Lake, which, again, we never saw. And it's in the 90s outside now because we're, we're down in the lower elevations. And I'm thinking, where can we park? Because we got one night to spend before we go to Salt Lake City for another night. We got to turn the van in, spend the night, get up and go on the plane. Well, we ended up at Brigham City. I was thinking about driving up into the mountains and RVing one more time. And the kids were like, hey, what if we just got another hotel room? <laughs> and so I was like, hey, I'm not going to argue with that. So we drove down into Ogden, north of Salt Lake City, along the Great Salt Lake, which we never saw. And uh, got a hotel. And that's where we went to that steakhouse that had... Beef steaks or buffalo steaks. And I had a buffalo steak. Ethan had a burger. Summer had a filet mignon that was the... Oh, you could have cut it with a plastic straw. It was unbelievable. She only ate half of it. She's like, I'm full. And I just eaten this 14-ounce buffalo steak that was a little tough, but the flavor was amazing. And so I had to eat the rest of her steak. You can't waste filet. So I was just like, uh, meat envy. That sounds terrible. Spend the night there. No rush in the morning. We found a, I don't remember where we stayed. We stayed in a hotel right on the interstate. And we went for ice cream at this gas station that had a DQ and it was closed. So we went to another gas station, we walked and just got ice cream sandwiches. But they actually had all different kinds of ice cream and little, uh, not even half pints, smaller than that, whatever they are, cups. And so we all got our own little ice cream. I think Ethan got a SpongeBob uh, popsicle bar. <laughs> And he was explaining to me how the color on the backside is like that because of what's on the front. And I was, he's like, you want to bite? And I was like, no, I do not want to bite. I got a thing, vanilla ice cream, and I'm going to be happy. Except I didn't have any milk. Did I bring some milk too? I bet I bought some milk. Something about ice cream, I got to drink milk after. Well, just like cake or anything else. Cold, cold milk. That's my thing. Vitamin D. So we get up. And we pack up, we drive south into Salt Lake City. We start seeing vagrants. It's the day we drop off the van, um, midday. So we're trying to use the map on a phone to get to where we drop off the van, same places where we picked it up. And we see a big truck stop. And we've got all this food left over. Not a lot, but we, you know, a big box. We could fill a nice size box of uh, leftover food and some waters, whatever. And so I decided, hey, what if we go on the out on the edge of this truck stop, find a tree where it's shady on a little grassy area, because that's where we see a lot of the vagrants laying out in the shade. Let's just put it against this tree, and maybe someone will find it and eat and drink this stuff. So God, it took like 20 minutes to do that there, but we did it. Went and filled the, topped off the tank. We got excellent, excellent diesel mileage on that van. I filled it up three times total. All that driving. Didn't even go over the mileage, which the first time we RV'd up there, I think I doubled the uh, mileage that they uh, allow you on what you've paid. And I had to give up my entire deposit, maybe $200 more. But that was worth it too, because that we saw some stuff that trip. 
So we drop it off at the place. We get all our stuff packed into three bags, mine, Summers, Ethan's. We call an Uber. Uber picks us up. I've booked a uh, room at the Microtel. No, it was something. Microtel was the night before. Book a room by the uh, airport. And we get in there, and the people were really nice. I believe they were uh, Asian Indian. But there was this smell in the lobby. It wasn't cooked food. I wasn't sure what it was. Summer, I don't remember what she called it. B.O. I think she called it B.O. But it was like, like I still have ghost smells of that smell. It was, when I got home, I washed everything I took on the trip, including the clothes I was wearing, immediately. And then washed myself because my hair, we smelled like it on the plane. Whatever was in this hotel that we smelled. And they were super nice people. It was the weirdest smell. I cannot explain the smell. It wasn't food, and it wasn't B.O., and it wasn't burnt something. But if you combine the three and then toned it down a little and then gave it a preservative so it would never go away, that's what it was. And it's just like, I don't think Ethan bathed the night we got home. I could still smell it in his hair. Ugh, so bizarre. Uh, stay in our room. We get a shuttle that morning to the airport. Go through security, no issues. Um, go wait in the waiting area. I don't think, I remember they would not let us take off. They made people deboard because they said if 20 people don't give up their seats and we will give you an $800 voucher. We are not taking off because of the heat. I guess it was a hundred degrees or something. And I, you know, I thought they took off planes in Vegas and other hot places all the time. So I'm not sure what they were up to, but after about 15 minutes, they were like, okay, we're boarding. And I didn't see anything change. And when we got on the plane, I didn't see any empty seats. Very few. So, who knows? But uh, we took off out of there and made the three-hour flight, or whatever it was, to Atlanta. Got off, went to the other terminal. Wasn't long before, in fact, we had to aboard immediately because some were starving and we were going to go to Five Guys down the terminal. But they were boarding the plane early. And so we got on the plane and uh, that was a 50-minute flight to Jackson. My mama and my aunt, Aunt Laura, who is my mother's deceased brother's wife, widow, Aunt Laura, interesting woman from the Delta, picked us up. Summer starving. Everybody's a little hungry. It's late afternoon. So we go to Saigon Doodle, or as I, as it's really called, Saigon Noodle, and they have really good food if you're into that style of food. Ate, went to my mom's house, put everything in our car, said, hey, we'd hang out, but we want to go home and chill. Mom had already picked up Button and taken him here and dropped him off earlier that day. And so we got here. I had enough time to go through my garden and throw the overripe tomatoes over against the uh, target tree that I throw them at and uh, bring the ripe ones in and I washed everything and we cleaned up and the kids dispersed to their rooms as they do. Summer probably took a shower immediately and went to her room. I think even hung out downstairs with me and Button and uh we exhaled and thought back about the trip, and that's when I should have really done these. But I try not to do them when people are in the house because it's easy to be uh, uh, disturbed, like Summer did earlier. Not that it's a big deal. It just adds a uh, it adds a genuine flair that this is not rehearsed. 
edited, etc. It's just straight up me talking about stuff to you. And I uh, hope that you uh, at least pass your time happily while listening to it. You may not, you may, I mean, you may not even listen this far. That means you, I'm not talking to you right now, right? But I can close out the map of where all we went. Summer trip 2022 in the books. And other than that, I can just say, God bless you and your loved ones. I hope that you keep in touch with your family. If you haven't, do so, or you'll regret it one day if you don't. Always things can be said and then apologized for. They never said, and you're sorry you never said them. With your friends, stay in touch. Do things for them when they need help. Don't just say, oh, I got a thing. I've got to pick up limbs and you don't even have a damn tree in your yard. Um, Be a good friend. You got to do it. If you want good friends, you got to be a good friend. And just had it, just had an experience. I don't know the man's name. He has the Mexican restaurant on the other side of Canton called Santa Fe. Uh, their food is fabulous. And me and uh, Summer go in there. And he says, uh, where you been? I'm like, well, I'm here now. <laughs> I've been, he's like, vacation? I said, yeah, I've been on vacation another week. He's like, I haven't seen you. I was like, well, here I am, fetus. And I didn't say fetus. I said, feed us. <laughs> and he's like, yes, would you like booth or table? I was like, I don't care, anywhere. Sit us, love your food, and you know it. Had a lovely dinner. Eating with summer so funny. We were leaving school the other day. This isn't eating. Um, picked her up from a dance practice. And she's spent because it's hot. And they, they're practicing during the day in the sun. They can go in the shadow of the scoreboard at the end of the football field to take breaks. Or under the tree further over. And drink water. And uh, so we're leaving school, taking the little side roads, cutting left, cutting right. We come to a end of a right where we got to cut left to go where we're going to uh, eat or my mom's or whatever we're doing. And there's these three boys who are probably 12, 13, 14, somewhere in that age with their, I don't know what the deal is with the style of having your hat way up on the top of your head where you could probably put a stack of pancakes in between your scalp and the hat, the inside of the hat. I mean, it's just way up there. It just seems dumb. You don't get shade coverage over your upper face. And so, so I was like, look at them. They're messing with cars. Cause they were just like, they turn around when a car came and would like wait, trying to wave them down, but they're laughing. They're not really trying. Maybe they're trying to get rides. Maybe not. And Summer says, you dare me to flip them off. I was like, yeah, <laughs> definitely. So she's like, okay. And so when we pull out and turn left, they turn to wave us down. I'm in a pickup. So they could get in the back and get a ride. Well, Summer with her left hand's waving. She's got her sunglasses on. And with her right hand, she's flipping on a perfect bird. And one of them starts laughing, but the other two just jaws just drop. Like, what? Oh, we howled and howled. Luckily, the light... They probably would have chased us and jumped and got in the truck until I got out, would have gotten out, and they'd have seen that I'm 6'4", and I'm not thin and puny, and I'd have been like, get the F out of my truck, and they'd have done it, but... <laughs> you dare me to flip these kids off? Psh, yeah, yeah, I dare you. And she did, and we laughed about that. So that's not really how you get the ripple effect of kindness that I always preach even though I'm sure they will not forget about it too soon and enjoy it as something different that happened to them instead of the regular everyday blah, which I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan of the everyday blah. I'm a fan of the see something I've never seen before, make me laugh my ass off day every day. You know, teach me something, show me something, let me do the same. That's just how I roll. Anyway. 
the ripple effect of kindness is what I talk about, where you're kind to strangers in whatever scenario, and they understand that that just happened, and maybe they'll be that way to other people too, and the ripple will widen and cast in different directions, and you'll have a kinder community, and that's what we want, and that's what I want, that's what you should want, and all I got to say after that is, peace! Oh